Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. This is episode 19. You've just tuned into Surviving My Past. A survivor podcast about my life with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD. Join me in raising awareness and inspiring others. Are you ready? Let's rock this healing journey. surviving my podcast my name is matt super stoked to have you all here with me again uh glad to be back here on the survivor airwaves and i am joined by a very special guest and friend um who is with me here right now on skype we're doing a call and doing this interview right now so i would like to formally welcome my friend heather tuba who is here joining me and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, ptsd and childhood trauma so heather how are you tonight I'm great, Matt, and I'm excited to be here. Um, I just want to say I love what you're doing. You are honest and just really concise and really practical. So I just want to give a little heads up for you or a little shout out to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. I uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm grateful for the the support of amazing people like yourself and our um, mutual friend Athena and just all the survivors out there who really help validate me and help validate you and we all just kind of work together so it's really it's an amazing thing to be a part of and i'm Mm -hmm. glad to be um you know part of the survivor community and that's how you and i kind of met was through one of the um monday uh, survivor chats that athena and bobby do um i think i met you on csaqt or no more shame i can't remember um i guess was maybe a month or two ago right yeah about a couple couple months ago i think and um I don't know, I kind of pop back and forth between the two of them, so not sure, but it was one of those. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they, they are both essentially, you know, the same topic each week. Of course, one is uh, for those in the UK, that's why it's in the afternoon as far as Eastern Standard Time goes, and then the uh, No More Shame one, um, which is the video chat, is on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern, and that's for <clears throat> people who are in the U.S. time zone or others who can't sleep at night, so... Um, right. In any event, so why don't we just start out before we jump into the conversation, and you can uh, talk about yourself a little bit, your blog, um, what you're all about, anything you want to share. Sure, thanks. Um, well, I am a spouse to a childhood abuse survivor, and uh, an abuse meaning the full gamut, sexual, emotional, verbal, physical, and... Um, I write, I blog, um, I speak when I can, I try to educate people about the impact of childhood abuse and trauma. I write from the perspective of a partner and I one of my key messages is educating partners, spouses, families, supporters, really anybody because as, as you know Matt, um, childhood trauma is everywhere and survivors are everywhere so I'm in a little bit of a unique position because I am not a survivor um, although I've survived a lot just walking <laughs> through this journey as a spouse let me tell you so I kind of do like that label by the way I'm kind of thinking of having a hashtag survivor spouse or something like this <laughs> 
because you know when you journey with somebody you're in the trenches with them you might not internally um, experience the flashbacks the 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 brain injury all the things that survivors experience but I think as a intimate partner you're the next closest thing to actually experience it and my writing blogging which is pretty new um, I just launched this past September comes out of a deep um, concern and frustration with the lack of understanding resources um, compassion for survivors and also for their families and so that's that's where I come from and that's what I talk about yeah and I it's so it, it's so important because I mean as far as we're concerned you are a survivor as well so you can be <laughs> hashtag you. survivor or or survivor spouse whichever you want to be but um, I know the the video the uh, the video broadcast that you did with Athena um, I guess it would have been in December uh, this past December um, <laughs> yes. you know where where the topic was you know family and spouses of survivors it, it's really you know, it's not something that people often always think about is, you know, if if, if someone is a survivor and they have a, a significant other in any uh, type of way, that person um, is going along this journey as well. And, you know, and going through all the emotions and the healing and feeling the, the feeling all the feels as, you know, like our friend Athena used, uh, always says, feeling your feels because you are right there in, in the trenches and even though you may not necessarily be like intimately feeling it yourself, you are feeling it through and with your spouse. And that's just, it's so important because support is astronomically important in any way for survivors. So, um, that's right. It, is, it yeah. really is. Yeah. And that's why I'm really passionate about being a part of change because I have, and I, I've, searched high and low to find supports for myself and other than paid supports i.e. therapy which I have utilized at points and it's been extremely helpful um, I have yet to come across anything and I've checked with major organizations um, so it, it's a great need it's it's a great frustration and um it really is what fuels me, I think, to to be a part of this process. Well, and it's amazing that you are doing as much as you are to help encourage other spouses and family members of survivors. And I'll put a link to the video broadcast that you did with Athena in, in okay, the comments great. of this mm -hmm. uh, blog post and on here as well so people can find it. Um, so let's kind of jump in. One of the things I was hoping we could talk about is on your blog, which of course is heathertuba.com. You can just uh, mm -hmm. go right there. Um, you have a blog post that went up in, uh, I guess it would be uh, for January 5th of this year, 2017. That's right. And it's seven truths about childhood trauma I'm taking into 2017. So this is, um, I read over it as I was, you know, looking through some notes of what we could talk about. And I thought this jumped out at me. It was like the perfect thing to discuss because... Um, it covers a wide range of topics and information. So um, what we can do is take a few minutes and just go over each one and reference the resources you have because there are some amazing things here. So, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. 
absolutely. So we'll dive right into it here. And truth number one, and basically, like, I'll read the truth, and then you can feel free to expound Sounds upon good. it as much as you like. Um, truth number one for 2017, childhood trauma damages the brain. Um, children who grow up in chronic abuse, neglect, and disorder exhibit changes to their brains. Children cannot grow, learn, and thrive in such environments. They are like seedlings that are expected to grow in toxic weed-infested soil. These children grow physically but are underdeveloped emotionally, psychologically, and relationally. And you are absolutely so unbelievably right that trauma, childhood trauma, in any sense, whether it's sexual or you know physical or emotional or whatever... It, it absolutely affects your brain from the very instant it happens, whether it's one time or it's over years and years. It, you are you are so spot on. You really are. Right. This was probably the biggest truth I discovered early in 2016. Uh, as as I reference in the intro in the blog, uh, my husband had been diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder uh, four or five years previous to to this time and had ha- we'd have had a terrible time um, accessing treatment and he was still really struggling uh, particularly with dissociation and so at that point this is early 2016 I just I, I was really at the end of it and I thought well we're just packing up all the things we've learned thus far because they're not working you know sometimes you just gotta pack it in (laughs) when it's not working and um, I started to look up trauma came across the word trauma informed hadn't heard that before Um, started calling therapists and and using some of the language I was learning just online Eventually connected with with two trauma-informed therapists, and then I started to find books. No, uh, yes, find books. And I, I listened to a few programs, and I was just like, oh my gosh, how come nobody told me this? How come nobody told my husband this? This is a brain injury. And it, it was so huge. It was so huge. So I, it was such a relief to find out the cause of this. But to be honest, it wasn't because a doctor sat me down and told me this. It was because I had gotten so disheartened by the treatment and medical advice we were give, given and the well-meaning advice of well-meaning individuals. Another phrase I don't like. <laughs> Um, is there such a thing, by the way? <laughs> um, an, another topic. Uh, but anyway, so basically, I, you know, that's what I did. And I came across my absolute favorite trauma Bible book called uh, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And I read it, and then I reread it, and I continued to reread it. And I, I, I started to read other, other um, big names in the trauma field. And I'm just like, and I was just like, why isn't this information out there? Why don't people know this? Why don't professionals know this? And so I went on a really big learning journey, and that's um, that's that's what happened. And so it really helped my relationship with my <coughs> husband 
because to be honest, we had these well-meaning people, some of them, because the, his recovery was taking such a long time. And by the way, he does give me permission to share all this, just just so your <laughs> listeners know. Um, he uh, His recovery was very slow, and, and it was taking a long time, and it was very sporadic. And, and I had no explanation up until getting this, this crucial information as to why that would be. So we had people saying, what's wrong with you, to me, what's wrong with your husband? He just needs to get his act together. He's lazy, you know, pass. It was very nasty. So getting this information helped me to normalize his experience. It helped me to understand that this just... And I didn't honestly believe this because I knew my husband. And but but people place doubt in your mind, and it's hard to deal with that. It's really hard to deal with it because it's confusing. Um, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt now that there is medical, physiological reasons for what for some the behaviors, the dissociation, all the for the symptomology of the trauma. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah. I think knowing spouses, partners, friends, church people, community people, the whole gamut, if they could get this, wouldn't that, wouldn't, if, if someone tells you they're sick, don't you respond with compassion? If somebody says they're injured, don't you respond with compassion? Well, this is an injury. So you let's are. respond with compassion. I could not even have stated it any better than that. And uh, I mean, you know, you mentioned association, which is something that that is close to my heart because it's right, something yep. that I deal with it. And we could talk forever about that. So that'll that'll probably be a different whole Skype conversation <laughs> at some point because I just dissociation is fascinating to me and the way that it saves us and then also the way that it can be a pain as you start to heal so there's so many things but you are exactly right i mean just it's an absolute brain injury it's affected from the instant you are suffering any any type of trauma and i think everybody who is in contact with a survivor of any type of trauma should read uh, the body keeps the score, which is which is in your truth number three, which we'll get to. But it's an amazing, right, yeah. Yeah. unbelievable resource. Could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so truth number two: trauma require excuse me trauma requires trauma therapy, not talk therapy, not cognitive behavioral therapy, not counseling. Specific therapy that addresses the impact of trauma's damage to the mind and body. Talking CBT and general counsel may occur as one of the needed therapeutic interventions, but they cannot be the only intervention. And this is, um, you're right. I mean, there are so many different things. I mean, CBT is great and DBT is great and talk therapy or narrative therapy, as some people call it as well. They're all helpful in their own way, but you need a trauma-informed therapist, coach, psychologist, whatever your, your, your preference is to really be able to dive deep into you know, your healing journey. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I get it. You're right. And I also think that at different points on the journey, survivors need different access to different therapists because for example, um, DBT is quite in depth therapy. Um, and then perhaps EMDR is needed at another point. Um, perhaps somatic I'm throwing some terms around but I'm just I'm, I'm throwing them around because I want people to know that there's 
treatment of childhood trauma is multifaceted and it requires almost, um, it's a collaborative effort on so many levels and it's, it's complex, that's the term, complex PTSD. And I, I think it's important for the, the supporters involved to understand that someone going for six weeks of therapy is, is not going to be the case. And I think as a supporter, the more comfortable you can get with the fact that this is a long-term process, it will require different therapeutic uh, assistance at different stages. Um, you need to, uh, as a spouse, like I had to, I had to get comfortable with that. I had to understand it. I had to be okay with it, and I had to be willing to just let the process go. Uh, be, I had to be with the process. I think. Yeah, I I absolutely agree, and I think it's a, it's super important. One thing you touched on is it's not a six week program or a twelve week oh program. Gosh, I no. mean, it's really not. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of times insurance will only cover so many, you know, visits, so to speak, or you know, you'll go to see a a counselor or someone who says, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, my program is twelve weeks, and at the end, you'll be able to do this and that. And I'm like, no, like no, um, you know, no. I mean, everybody heals, and that's something that I'm a huge proponent of is. Everybody heals in their own way, in their own time, through different methods and different methodologies and different personalities and and counselors and therapists. I mean, it's such a huge different and all the techniques are out there. I mean, you you get through and and you attack each one in in its own time when you're ready for Mm -hmm. it. And you're right. It's Mm -hmm. not just... I'm, I'm going to go see a, a psychologist for 12 weeks and I'll be fixed. I mean, it's so far from the truth. I just, mm-hmm. it, stuff like that is just, it's so, it drives me nuts when I, when I hear people say, I, I get 12 weeks and then I'm good. I'm like, you're really not, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so oh, much yeah. more than like, you know, a 12 step program. Even <laughs> non-survivors, if you've got problems, you're not going to, it's not over in 12 weeks. We're all on a journey. I think I mentioned that in, in the, when I did the uh, video with Athena, you know, we're all on a journey, even the spouses, even the partners, even the supporters. We all are on a journey to, ha- to live healthy lives. You are. Now, it's a choice whether or not you want to engage in it. It's a choice as a spouse or a partner whether you want to engage in it. So part of this has been for my own mental health. Right. And, and you know, and, and, and just like you said, we're all healing together, whether you're a mm-hmm. spouse, whether you're a survivor, whether you're engaging in community with other survivors, everybody heals together, but we're all at different spots and different ways that we're healing in different junctures of our journey. So mm-hmm. that's spot on. Um, yeah. Truth number three, education is key. Love this because I'm a big proponent of reading and watching videos and interacting mm-hmm. um, and kind of doing your own self-education self-help so to speak and i use air quotes with that but um reading books is just a huge thing i mean i've read a bunch you've referenced a few here of course the big one that um you and i both love is the body keeps the score by bessel just this guy i mean i've watched some youtube videos of his and um you know i've read obviously the book and i've Mm -hmm. it's one of those books where i mean it's very in-depth and it's it's so it just it validates so much like you have to read it more than once i can't possibly yes. get something like get everything out of this book and even a couple of times so i'm actually rereading it again myself but mm. just an absolutely outstanding like 
between I think that one and uh, Pete Walker's book on uh, complex PTSD is just if, if if there's two essential go read these now the type of things that those would be two of mine beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, that one, the Pete Walker one, is on my <clears throat> bookshelf right now, but. I've made it a goal to finish Peter Levine's in an unspoken voice by the yep. end of January. So, but I have uh, skimmed through that one. I do mention um, the Eight Keys to Safe Trauma Recovery by Babette Rothschild, another um, well-known therapist. Just because I, I read that one, and it, it is for people coming out of trauma and abuse, but it's very practical and very easy to read. And so it it it's it's one of those you it's not like the the body keeps the score where you're like oh my what did I just read and you have to go back and read one paragraph <laughs> at one time kind of thing. It, it's a book that gives a really good overview and it gives practical tips um, through the book. So I like that one just because it's an easier read. But definitely, um, you know, reading. Finding um, finding people like yourself who are very informed and, and following your links, uh, watching um, videos, listening to podcasts. It doesn't have to be and, – and if you can't make it through the body keeps the score, well, that's fine. There's lots of other resources out there. Oh, absolutely. You're right. And I mean, yeah, the body keeps the score is very in-depth. I mean, extremely in-depth. So it can be but, a bit of a difficult read, but it's so informative. Just It's it's actually very engaging because he's a great storyteller as well. Yes, he so is. So I think for the stories, and he covers so much uh, types of trauma, everything from vets to the section on attachment and childhood is absolutely amazing. There's like four chapters on that and going into attachment, attunement, self-regulation and the whole disorganized parenting. That for me was incredible information to understand where my husband came from. Um, but he also, uh, Vanderkoek goes into the different types of therapies. It's kind of the whole it's so comprehensive. It is. And it's very engaging. So I, I, w- I would read it, honestly, just for the stories, if nothing else, because you'll get the other information from the <laughs> stories, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, you can see a list of all these books. I will put um, the link to this post, obviously, in the okay, podcast good. as well. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. So truth number four, there is a lack of support for partners and families, but there is hope. And... Um, Let's see here. Uh, there's not much available for partners and spouses, but you need to find support for yourself. I heard this line countless times in 2016. I heard it from doctors, therapists, and online organizations. I still don't get it. The truth, there isn't much available. The other truth, partners, spouses, and families need support. And you, you are just, you're right. And I, it's interesting because I felt as a male survivor, um, there are not near as many male and, I, and I'm using the quotes air quotes male geared resources available as there are general resources or resources for women so when I first started my journey I was quite disheartened at the lack mm. of resources and I, I like I mentioned it to my therapist at the time and like I was like why is there so little resources out here and it's because up until recently recent times it just hasn't been something that people have embraced um, you know, and guys haven't spoken out about it, but it's not, it's not anything new to be a mm-hmm. male survivor. It's just, it's kind of 
coming out more in the limelight, I guess, for lack of a better term. But mm-hmm. so one thing to embrace is obviously that there isn't a lack of support. And then and then I'll let you continue um, is that there is support out there that as a guy, if you can embrace something that doesn't have to be from the male perspective necessarily, because there's a lot of resources like Bessel's book and, and the book I'm reading by Rachel Grant right now, um, Beyond Surviving, you know, those bikes, they're not geared toward men they're geared towards survivors which is really just so it's something we have to embrace but getting back to your point of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. lack of support there really is when you're talking about a, a spouse or a family member or a friend of survivors there's just not a whole lot out there people are focused on the survivor themselves which is fine mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know you being you know the wife of a survivor there's a lot of things that you know you have to kind of learn on your own mm-hmm mm-hmm and the risk of vicarious trauma, caregiver burnout, com- compassion fatigue is is high because essentially what happened uh, in our case is that um, you know I had to become a caregiver for a while, and so I was like the frontline worker. However, I'm not recognized as a frontline worker, you know, so. Even though I know I'm the frontline worker, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, people that are in this with their with their partners are frontline workers, and they deserve to be treated as such. So they deserve to get education. They deserve to have support. They deserve to have people they can talk to. They deserve places to get questions answered. And I've actually been pretty um, appalled by this lack. Um, I, I've, like I said, I've looked, and it seems like things will start up, and then they kind of peter out. It, at least the in-person. I don't know if it's lack of funding or what, but um, like right now, I, I encourage people to, you know, join in on a survivor Twitter chat if you want to know. Like, just join in. Like, you're in there, too. And be open to reading, to education. Um, you know, come over to my website. It, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of scrambling to give people an answer because, frankly, there is no answer right now. The answer is something needs to change. Um, I recently read a, an article um, that said that recovery for for people with PTSD, the chances of recovery is much higher if they are in a committed, loving relationship. So it's important that those committed, loving relationships stay intact. Well, if you don't understand what's going on and if you have no way to deal with the stressors of living with this, the chances are, are very high that the relationship will terminate. Like, sometimes I've just held on by a thread. <laughs> like, I'll be that honest. I held, I hold on by a thread and think, what am I in? But, um, you know, I'd really love there. I'd really love to give people an answer. I don't really have one except, you know, let's join in. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's bring change for all of us. We're really in this together, partners, spouses, and survivors, and the families. We're in this together. You are absolutely beyond right. And 
um, you know, that kind of leads into truth number five, which is online support groups and communities for survivors. Um, and I just, you were right. Like whether you're a survivor or a spouse or whatever, everybody's in this together. And um, you're right. It, I think any little nugget and any kind of validation that spouses and family members and friends can give to help support the survivor in their life. I mean, you're right. There isn't, at least not that I know of at this point in time, some type of spouse recovery support program or something. So it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's incumbent upon the survivors to be, to be, um, outward with their feelings and their thoughts to share with their, their partner and their family who are going to validate them as much as it is for the spouse and the family to educate themselves, which is obviously what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And because everybody's in this together and one of the great ways, at least at this point in time and probably forever to do that is to go on to these support groups, to join a safe Facebook group and interact Mm -hmm. with other people so you can see what they feel and, 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 and get a sense of what their life is like. So you can understand from the outside looking in to somebody else, you can say, well, you know, so-and-so feels this way. And yes, my husband said that same thing the other day, or my wife said that same thing. And you get an idea of, you know, um, how to kind of understand more of what these feelings are for each person as in their life. So you're right. Communities and, you know, the online Twitter chats. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of them. You and I, of course, in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a few of them, they're just, it's amazing to be able to just, you know, even if you don't interact, to just watch what people say and you get such an appreciation and an understanding of what they're going through. And that, of course, mm-hmm. helps you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost feel that for the um, partners, it, it's helpful because when a survivor is in recovery, the, a survivor, it, it, it's in many ways not reasonable to expect the survivor to validate you because they're in survivor mode or survival mode and 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 it's pretty grueling and it, it this this may sound like a heavy for the partners and spouses but it just is they need to receive validation from other people so it's important to surround yourself as much as you can as a partner with other people that will validate you. Now, I went on a long, lonely journey of nobody validating. And then I I don't even know how I found trauma recovery. I have university. I have no idea. But I began to feel validated just by you guys. Because I think when you're in community, you feel stronger. Uh, and so there's, you know, that whole joining together is so healthy and and healing. And so I began to interact just on that community, and I felt validated. But what I really think partners, spouses need to know is that their journey is hard. They will carry pieces of what was perhaps jointly shared activities and responsibilities you will you will carry more and it's very difficult and you will experience a wide range of emotions and I think I I would love to be able to have a community where where the spouses and partners get validated because I don't I, I honestly I don't feel it's 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 
a fair expectation to put on survivors. I really don't. And people might disagree with that, but I just know the amount of damage that's there. So if you can have a community or even stronger survivors who are further along the journey, who can validate you as a partner, it's incredible. It, 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 it absolutely is. And you're right. We have... And on the on the uh, survivor chats that you and I have been referencing, mm-hmm. the uh, CSAQT and the No More Shame, which is hashtag CSAQT, hashtag No More Shame, and hashtag Sex Abuse Chat, you can join those. And there are spouses of survivors. There, there's a handful that I know of that will join mm-hmm. uh, from time to time and interact, or just you know watch and listen and comment now and then. But and you know I just kind of had a brainstorm that you know at some point I mean who's to say that. We can't start up a spouses of survivor Twitter chat. I mean, it's something we can consider, you know. And well, I mean, that would be really great. You know, yeah. and I mean, they're very easy to do, so we can talk about that and yeah. brainstorm. But I mean, you're right. The resources for for spouses, obviously, because there aren't that many out there. If we, if you can engage in community and really um, learn even more. Um, about what your spouse or your family member or your friend is feeling, it helps mm-hmm. you and better equips you. So you're right. Those Twitter chats, the say Facebook groups, any type of validation you can get, hugely, hugely encouraging. Um, yeah. Truth number six, look, uh, learn to look below the surface. Sometimes the responses of a survivor seem out of context and illogical. Boy, I know that. That's because <laughs> during a flashback, a survivor may respond as if the past is the present. It's very confusing for those of us who are supporters, and you are exactly right. So go ahead and talk about that a little bit, because I know all about, trust me, I am an expert on flashbacks. I know what you mean. (laughs) I think this could be another podcast, Matt. It definitely could. I'm gently referring to the whole dissociative episode thing here. But what what I what I started to learn, and some of this I learned because uh, I, I was involved with my husband's ther- uh, th- some of his therapy, and through the reading and, and things, I, I began to put pieces together, and I began to understand that um, out of context responses were actually indicating that uh, my husband was in distress, and. As a result of that understanding, um, he and I actually, and it doesn't work perfectly, I'll be honest, but what does? Um, he and I began to, to be able to work together at, at managing flashbacks. So with the help of a therapist, we scripted a couple of questions that I could ask him. Um, and I, I'm hesitant. I'm actually hesitant to share them because I they were things that worked for us. But we we ask. I can ask him a couple questions right. about what's going on with him. Yeah. And then second, secondly, um, if the dissociation is at a more extreme level, understanding that he needs to do what he needs to do to ground himself or for the episode to run its course allows me to disengage from it because I used to get, and I still do, really sucked into it almost. And that's where the, the risk of vicarious trauma or secondary trauma is high. So learning that all is not as it seems with trauma is very important and learn understanding another little tip from the uh, Vandercock book is that 
the communication center of the brain actually shuts down during a flashback and during trauma like my husband will have a lot of trouble even putting two thoughts together and communicating and so that for me is when I understood that that it was actually a brain thing coming back to that again I was like oh so helpful he's not being a jerk and not communicating <laughs> with his wife <laughs> to laugh at this stuff sometimes i mean you, you just do. do you really do or sometimes i'll tell one other little story when he's overwhelmed we would be talking about something emotionally charged and then he would just get up and walk out of the room and that doesn't go over well with your wife <laughs> no no you're you're right i've that I've been there, not, I know that. <laughs> that does not go over well. But I started to recognize some of the, the even posture things and things about him when he got to that point. And I'm like, oh, he's in overwhelm right now. Okay, I can back off. I don't need to go racing after him spewing <laughs> profanities, right? <laughs> He's actually in overwhelm. His cup is full and there was a drop in something that was going on between us and something in the conversation and that cup just cascaded over the edge. So that was actually really helpful for me. I'll tell you, it's not perfect. It's not perfect the way we interact, but it helps me to hang on during the really hard times. It, it helps me to hang on and know it's not about me. It's not about our marriage. It's not about... It's not about any of that. It's about the past. You are, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I've been nodding all along since you've been talking here. But, I mean, you're right. Um, <clears throat> as somebody who's experienced flashbacks, when it hits, you are oftentimes instantly physically and emotionally paralyzed. And, yes, yeah. you know, and you're right. I mean, it's it's a good idea to come up you know, as, a, as a helping um, spouse or partner. It's a good idea to come up with some questions that you can ask and learn what you can do to help the survivor manage and give them the space they need and interact when, you know, you know, you feel safe and all that. So you, it's a great it's a great suggestion, you know, to work through with, um, you know, a trained professional to come up with some questions, some things that the that the spouse or the partner can do that doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, so, mm -hmm. so they don't feel so helpless and get angry because mm -hmm. you're you're right. But also the, the survivor partner. You know, this is where they need to have, like we, Derek has a, oh, I just said his name, there you go. <laughs> he has a flashback protocol. Okay. Which is a, a one page and, you know, he can go to that, you know, because if he's so distressed that he can't think straight, which is what happens, you know, having something that, that he can go to is is actually really helpful so there's there's both pieces of the equations that's why it's important for survivors to get the tools they need to be able to self-regulate and and calm themselves all right and truth number seven com or uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder is not the same as post-traumatic stress disorder so basically cpsd is different than ptsd and you are beyond right and i think um you know, I mean, in a sense, you know, basically breaking it down, complex PTSD occurs from um, 
continued exposure to ongoing trauma, repeated events, whereas uh, PTSD can often be from a single incident trauma. Um, and of course, Pete Walker's book that we mentioned, uh, Complex PTSD, is great at breaking that down and it goes through the you know the fight or flight the freeze fawn all the different responses everything that's part of um you know ptsd and cpsd so go ahead and talk about that for a minute but you are absolutely right there is a huge difference right um this was actually one of my new year's resolutions was to start talking using the term complex ptsd versus ptsd because i feel in a way i do survivors and 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 the families a bit of a disservice by just using PTSD I mean I know people can relate to it but I really want to be um, able to educate other people about the complex piece because until we start explaining that and informing people about that it's all going to get lumped under PTSD and so I just feel as a service to survivors and to those that care for them it's an important distinction and it's more of a mouthful that's for sure but it is <laughs> but get over it you know like get over it it is what it is and um i think why it's important to differentiate is that most most times, and I'm talking 95% of times, the complex PTSD occurs during childhood, during the, the very vulnerable years of life and the, the very important years of life when development is happening. And that's why it gets so complex. Um, I know there's other scenarios where it can develop, uh, but, you know, as a service to the to the children past you guys that are adults now and the children that are in these horrible situations I, I, I feel it's important to differentiate and this is an ongoing area of, of reading and, and study for me um, but I think you described it very well Matt as to, as to the difference and I, I think it's important to get this information out there that it is different and that it's it's mainly from child abuse. Yeah, you are exactly right. And, um, you know, it's just PTSD, um, you know, if there's one thing we can kind of uh, start to wrap this up a bit. And one thing that, um, and I'll be honest with you, before I realized I was a survivor, I always equated PTSD to the military and people who were on well, the battlefield. Well, sure, most people right, right. do. I mean, it's like a, it's almost like a catchphrase. Like, you know, a, a soldier comes back from from the battlefield, they have PTSD, and like, okay, I get it, I know what that is. But when you start to break down that that PTSD is not just a military thing, um, you know, that it is a, a, a trauma recovery of, of all different types of scenarios. And then you add in the complex uh, version of it where, you know, people who are um, repeatedly abused and, you know, just all all different types of um, ways that that happens to, you know, to us. And of course, it happened to me and, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that you're familiar with with your husband. It's education and awareness. I mean, it just hopefully by us doing this podcast and by you continuing your research and us all interacting together, mm -hmm. we can help to just continue to raise awareness and, and, and get the word out that there's so much more, um, you know, to PTSD and CPS. Uh, yes. Well, you're right. I can't See, even I told say you it. it was a mouthful. CPTSD. You're going to have to practice. 
I am I'm terrible at tongue twisters, and that's like I can't say. I'd rather say complex PTSD. That works better. But okay. <laughs> but you're right. So um, this was amazing. Um, before we wrap this up, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you online and your social media, that would be great. Okay, um, you can find me at heathertuba.com. That's my uh, blog website. You can also find me on Twitter. That's my main social media uh, platform, uh, which is at heathertuba. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook, so facebook.com slash heathertuba. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Yep, I would definitely encourage you. Uh, give her a follow. Um, you can find her at times, of course, on the uh, Survivor Chats, as, as we were right. referencing yeah. on Mondays. You can search hashtag CSAQT and hashtag No More Shame. Those are on Mondays. So um, definitely give her a follow. Check out her blog. I'll put all the links in Thank the, you. Uh, to your to your uh, accounts and your webpage here um, in the podcast. This has been incredible. I I would like to make this some type of a regular, you know, chat that, that we can discuss, awesome. you know, just the spouse, um, you know, from, you know, from the spouse point of view and the survivor point of view and PTSD, the whole, you know, uh, dissociation and would be. Dissociation. Yes. That, dissociation. That that's kind of my baby it, too. So it, I know well, what you mean. Well, I think we're, we could, we could talk. We could absolutely <laughs> talk. I, I and look before to we it. talk next, you must learn how to say CPTSD. <laughs> You know, I, I've been listening like during this whole podcast. I've been because I was I was gonna say it. I'll just say it now. Like I love your accent because you do have an accent. I'm just telling like you do. So I no, love hearing you. like the Canadian accent. <laughs> and so I will I will try to to learn how to say that phrase better without stumbling through it. Because as much as I know about it, read about it, I can't say it without stammering through it. So Maybe it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's because of your accent, Matt. But I really <laughs> you need to practice Canadian. I will try it. I will try and practice Canadian because maybe that's the key. Maybe Canadians can say complex post-traumatic stress disorder better than people in Pennsylvania can. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say it's that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thanks, Thanks everybody, for joining. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. This was amazing. And again, Thank check you. out her website, heathertuba.com. Follow her on Twitter, Facebook. I'll put all the links. And uh, with that, let's wrap this up, and I will talk to you all next time. Thanks again for listening to Surviving My Podcast, presented by survivingmypast.net, a blog about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD, as a result of childhood sexual abuse, narcissistic abuse, and bullying. My opinions are my own, and I do not offer any type of mental health or physical health advice or treatment. I encourage you to seek out the help of a professional therapist or medical doctor for any mental health or physical health needs. I'm just a regular guy sharing my story of survival and hoping to inspire others. Please be sure and follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram, all at Surviving My Past. Have a great day and rock your survivor journey.